Belphegor Bites is proud to bring you today's episode of Horror Movie Talk. Everyone knows how exhausting it can be to perform exorcism after exorcism, which is why 666 Industries has offered the latest in tasty and nutritious granola morsels. Belphegor Bites. Why settle for granola your mom would buy when casting out Satan and his lieutenants from loved ones when you can experience the filling satisfaction that only the phallic deity can provide? As we all know, Belphegor is the demon general associated with sex, orgies, and all forms of debauchery, which means any granola we craft with his name on it means tons of extra energy for you. Don't be caught in the sin of sloth without Belphegor bites. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny Hoodie Picasso review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert in scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. Ah, horrible. It's a pun. I'm David Day. I'm Bryce Hansen. You guys, today we got a very interesting episode for a number of reasons. I got Bryce wasted high. <laughs> he was like, what's happening right now? <laughs> but, uh, but before we get into that... Uh, 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 you guys should check out our website at horrormovietalk.com. From there, you can find links to all of our social media, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, all that baloney. We post new episodes every single Wednesday. So if you really, really want to help us out, if you're a new listener or an old listener who's just lazy, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave a ratings a rating for us on Apple Podcast because that really helps us out a bunch. We've been doing so good lately. Yeah, we've been getting them trickling in, and it really does have an impact. Like we had two ratings or two reviews the day before our last release, and it just helps in the ranking so much that it's like a noticeable bump in downloads. We're moving to the top, and we're taking you with us, you beautiful sons of bitches, you. We've got a great show for you today. Today we will be talking about The Exorcism of Emily Rose. This is a Patreon, a Patreon selection. Every month the Patreon members get the uh, you know certain tier of Patreon members get the exclusive uh, rights to select and vote upon a, a movie for us to review. And this month they're actually getting two because we didn't do one last month because there are too many theatrical releases. So this month they're getting two. And this is the first one, The Exorcism of Emily Rose. So if you, you know, if you want to be able to steer where Bryce and I have to talk, then, uh, then, you know, consider becoming a patron on Patreon. We will start out by giving a brief review and our score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge, where it makes you angry you had to watch the movie, 5 being an average film that hits all the expected marks, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries and should probably win an award, but it won't because it's a horror movie. After we, after we give our score, we'll get into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film later in this episode, after our spoiler section, we will be doing 
an old favorite, the Rotten Tomatoes game. And of course, it came from social media. But without further ado, Bryce. Um, Can we have a little more ado? Okay. Uh, Just kidding. There no, it is. No more, no more ado. Yeah, we rented The Exorcism of Emily Rose on Amazon uh, for something like two or three bucks. And while Bryce couldn't seem to stay awake, <laughs> I was reminded of one of my favorite possession movies ever made. This was, uh, like I said, a Patreon pick of the month. They voted on it, and so we review it. So here is the trailer. I don't care about my reputation. What I care about is telling Emily Rose's story. Holy Church venerates thee as her guardian and protector. To thee, the Lord has entrusted the souls of the redeemed to be led into heaven. Pray therefore the God of peace to crush Satan beneath our feet. how long they can put you away for this? I want people to hear what only I can tell. And what is that? What really happened to Emily and why. <gasps> so she believed that her actual possession began that night at the hospital? I think she did. Emily had epilepsy. Father Moore's beliefs are based on superstition. Did Father Moore ask you to give her any medical help? I couldn't help her. Why couldn't you help her? Because there are no injections against the devil. Emily? Hey, can you hear me? Demons exist whether you believe in them or not. Just be careful, Aaron. There are forces surrounding this trial. Emily, can you hear me? The Exorcism of Emily Rose is directed by Scott Derrickson, who also did Sinister and um, <clears throat> I can't remember what else. Uh, and the story is a court is is of a court case where the people are prosecuting Father Moore, played by Tom Wilkinson, for the negligent negligent homicide of Emily Rose, played by the lovely Jennifer Carpenter. Good news for Father Moore, Aaron Bruner played by Laura Linney, is on the case. Bryce, you have some thoughts on Laura Linney. She's a fucking bitch. Oh, shit. As we, as we are walked through the trial, we get glimpses into the hellish end of days that made up Emily's life. She was a deeply devout Catholic girl in a deeply devout Catholic family, and that never seems to be a good combination in possession movies. 
the defender of the people is it really seems like it makes you a target if anything if anything like the creep i was talking to carrie about this uh my wife about this last night she's like yeah i walked in on you guys watching that movie and i just exorcism of emily rose is one that i just cannot i can't handle that movie it's just a little too much for me i was like yeah yeah possession movies kind of get me too and she's like you know, the ones that really are the most upsetting are the ones where the target is not Catholic. <laughs> because that just means anyone's fair game. And I was like, right. Right. Yeah, that is that is definitely the creepiest kind. And I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I remember one where I was like, oh, shit. Well, most of them are like Catholics, but they're not necessarily very devout. Like, I don't think in The Exorcist, the family was super devout. It was the last the last ditch effort mm-hmm. to to go to the church to get an exorcist. Mm. Um, yeah, but you know, you never really hear a, a lot. There's, there's never. I don't think there's been a movie with an atheist that got possessed. That'd yeah, be pretty interesting. Yeah, it would be interesting. It would be <laughs> even just somebody who's like, "What God? Oh, I don't care." Like, like just a just a basic agnostic or something uh-huh. like that. Um, let's see here. The defender of the people is Ethan Thomas, played by Campbell Scott, and he's a real dick. Uh, And he makes claims that Emily was epileptic and psychotic, which uh, obviously could have been treated medically. But uh, he claimed he also claims that um, Father Moore, you know, advised her not to not go off her meds. And we're going to do this the good old fashioned exorcism way. And that led to he, you know, the defender of the people. Well, unfortunately, that, that medication also um, closed demons in. Right. <laughs> Scientifically speaking. Right. It G- kept kept the demons in. Right. Gambutrol is the is is like the Pandora's box of the of, reverse Pandora's box. The reverse Pandora's box of demon possession. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aaron the. The defense. Gambitrol sounds like a like one episode character on The Simpsons. I call him Gamblor. <laughs> Gambutrol, Gambutrol, Gambutrol. I call him Gamblor, and he comes with cl- giant green claws to <laughs> is, to scoop up your mother and take her away from us. Aaron, the <clears throat> defense attorney, has come to terms with her own lack of faith. Uh, to depict this priest in the light of his intentions and the reality that the possession was real and the exorcism was vital to save Emily from the devil. The Exorcism of Emily Rose is an interesting and well-executed movie that really floored me the first time I watched it, several years after its 2005 release. I've seen it a handful of times since then, and it continues to at least be compelling, which is... Impressive because I'm not I don't like rewatching movies typically unless we're talking about Lord of the Rings. Yeah. So the two movies that we're recording reviews of today is this one Mm -hmm. and then Wrong Turn, both from the early aughts. Yeah. Wrong Turn 2003. And this one definitely ages better. Mm. (laughs) Explain how. (laughs) Um. This one has production value, has, like, thought put into it. The other one's, like, a generic teen slasher, so it really shows, like, tries to be of the time. Yeah, but this one... I guess this is technically a period piece, though, isn't it? Because it was... Yeah, I think so. It's not... 
Yeah, it's about set in the it's about early 2000s. Tr- true events, but this doesn't have Eliza Dushku. So right, you're wrong. Yeah. Um, the visuals in this movie work best on the first go around, so it didn't have the same disturbing impact on me this time as it did my first viewing. I appreciate the new twist on the old classic possession movie um, being told from the perspective of a, homo- a homicide case um, that it, which kind of made it much less of a movie about possession and much more of a movie about faith and religion. Uh, the defense attorney had her own brushes with the demonic during her trial, which gave the movie stakes in the present as well. This movie respects the audience and shows a lot of restraint in favor of fewer terrifying moments. The result is that these very disturbing scenes have a heavier impact. I'm a sucker for a well-made possession movie, and this is exactly that. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. Of the parts that I saw, <laughs> it's really high quality. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I caught all the actual like flashback parts, which are the most interesting. You did watch. You didn't. Uh, you missed kind of toward the end, um, but uh, but yeah, you did catch a lot of the the big visual stuff. Okay. Um, uh, I'm going eight out of ten on this one. What do you, What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with that. Eight yeah. out of ten. Okay. Just what, what did I miss? What was the last flashback? Um, <clears throat> you uh, did you see the barn scene? Yeah. Okay. Uh, did you see the um? Then it's then it's going to be hard for me to recall because there's some there's a scene where. <coughs> After the barn scene, but before the closing arguments, where was it like Emily in the misty place talking yeah. to the Virgin Mary? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Okay, okay. So you caught most of it. Sounds like yeah. So it sounds like eight out of ten across the board from us. This is, I mean, this is just a really solid possession movie. That yeah, I mean, this is this is up there. Like I've seen seen several and. This feels in the classic realm with with The Exorcist. You know, yeah. if you're going to watch an exorcism movie, this is definitely one to pay attention to. I can tell you, I can, I can confirm that statement right now because the Rotten Tomatoes game that we will be playing later on is made up of solely of possession movies. Mm-hmm. So it just pits possession movie against possession movie. I did not realize how few and far between solid possession movies there are like there are not men and it's so it's a genre that's just so but has so much potential and i love it yeah even the ones directly related to the exorcist are very wildly in quality like i think the only one that's worth actually watching is is uh the exorcist three yeah the third one and even that is like it's not even really about possession so much. It's oh, like, really? I mean, it's it's. I guess it is. It's not as much about it. Watch those. It's not as much about an exorcism mm. as like a kind of like a serial killer movie is really what it's about. Oh, okay. Like a detective versus a serial killer movie is mostly what Exorcism Three is. Huh. Weird. <clears throat> well, in any case. Hey guys, if you would like to support the show, you should consider becoming a 
Patreon, a patron over on Patreon. You can get there by going to patreon.com slash horror movie talk, or you can just go to horrormovietalk.com and click on the Patreon link at the top of the page. Um, any level of support that you can give us is greatly appreciated. We had a, a few new Patreon members sign up this week. We have Josh K and Gabriel K and Kitty R. I don't remember if we already gave her a shout out, but I don't care. I'm doing it again because I love her. Mm-hmm. And a thank you all three of you. Uh, beautiful, lovely, wonderful, heartfelt, loving spaghetti people we Mm -hmm. we we appreciate you from the bottom of our heart this is a a free show that we put on for you know for you to listen to and any any help you can give us we greatly appreciate appreciate so let's talk about let's talk about fucking hard real quick (laughs) josh k gabriel k and kdr i'm pretty sure they all fuck pretty hard at least at least i don't know how what what is a measure of hardness? Um, I think there actually is a measure measure of. Hardness. I know there is. I'm I'm struggling with it. There's like diamond is as hard as you can go. Do you think they're diamond or do you think they're like titanium? Fucking. Um, I think they're like. Um, what do you call it? Okay, let's compare them to our resident artist Dustin Goble, who is probably the hardest fucker uh, of all. Yeah, I mean that's I mean that's not really fair. So that like really two, skews the two the or curve. three levels below that. He's got that Teflon dick. Well, anyway, they fuck real hard, right. and uh, and I'm <laughs> sure about that. You can also support the podcast by buying, renting anything uh, on Amazon, as long as you go to our website, Horror Movie Talk. Dot com and click through the green button in the header of the website before you do. If you go ahead and bookmark that link or the you know the page that you land on following clicking that button, you will uh, and then you use that bookmark every time you go to Amazon. Oh my goodness! Then you will uh, you know you'll help us out every single time you buy stuff on Amazon. Also, check out our resident artist, uh, Dustin Goebel, who I already mentioned uh, is a professional artist who fucks hard. He also takes commissions for artwork from HMT fans, so make sure you contact him at dgoebel, that's D-G-O-E-B-E-L-0-0, on Instagram, and make your artistic dreams come true. And make sure to tell him that HMT sent you. One last plug, if you guys want a 30-day free trial to Shudder, which is a um, a horror movie streaming platform, then you just have to enter HMT at checkout and you get 30 days free instead of that stupid fucking seven-day free trial that, god damn it, Bryce, we hate it so much here. And uh, <coughs> I don't know. It just... It's just like, why would you choose seven when you could have 30? More Mm -hmm. than four times as much. Right. So, with that, thank you for listening, and let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. We're getting into spoilers now. Yeah, so there's – let me think here. I, I'm trying to think. You know, some movies are really spoilable. 
you know, like the Invisible Man, pretty spoilable. I don't think Emily Rose is. is it? I mean, well, yeah, there's a couple scenes that you could spoil. Yeah. But in terms of what the movie is, it explains in the trailer. Yeah. Like, you know what you're getting into. Yeah. Immediately. Even just with the title. <laughs> you know, there is an Invisible Man and that's what's happening. Yeah. Um. Hey, yeah. I have an idea. What? Why don't we? Do you want to talk about you getting high? Right. Yeah, we should probably talk about that. Okay. How was that? <clears throat> it was well. I found that the main effect of marijuana on me is that I get real sleepy. <laughs> real, real sleepy. I. Uh, that's the only thing I can point to i'm not even sure if that's true or not because i probably would have just fallen asleep normally yeah i offered i offered bryce some uh weed i just uh i just have some like middle of the road indica which is the Mm -hmm. stuff that it's just kind of it doesn't make you think real hard it just makes you sit real hard and um and I so sat, I, sat real hard. Bryce sat real hard, and uh, and so I I said I just offered. I, I was like, "Oh, did you want to have some pot?" And he was like, "Yeah, sure." And then, by the way, it's it is legal in Washington. Yeah, just oh yeah, just to be sure. That I'm not oh. a I'm not a lawbreaker. Oh, look at you, guy. Just God's laws. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Wait, is it against God's laws to to smoke the marijuana? Mm, I don't know. Why I'm, would he have still, made it? Is it just like that apple tree that he made that got us all fucked up in the first place? I mean, even just like common sense tells you don't don't suck and smoke into your lungs. It's not pleasant. I mean, you sit around a campfire, you suck smoke into your lungs. Yeah, and you need that for warmth. Yeah, I don't like it though. Yeah, but that you, doesn't you make usually it a like sin. walk away from the smoke. You don't like just put your head over it like a like a steaming pot. Trying to clear your sinuses, you're like, I can't tell if you're mm, arguing for. Smoke. I can't tell if you're arguing for or against you getting high right now. I can't. <laughs> Is so anyway. So uh, Bryce had some, not a lot, uh, because I've I've had some bad experiences with getting too way too high, and uh, and I don't think it really touched him very much. No, it just kind of made him a little tired. David is a real, <laughs> real lightweight, real real good. Uh, I don't know. D- depends on how you look at it. But you are very cautious when it comes to... Substances. Substances. Yes. So, like, you're just like, just do one hit. Yeah. Just... just We'll just do... ease into this pool. Like, yeah. there's really no reason to jump... Uh, there's so much pot, and it's so cheap. <laughs> like, <laughs> just... You just ease in, you know? So, so, Bryce got high, and I checked on him a few times. I was like, so how's it doing now? And there were some outward signs that you were high to me, um, but... What were the outward signs? The, but the first time, it's very hard to tell whether or not you're actually high. With, when you're experiencing it, it's just, it's almost in, indistinguishable unless you're remarkably high. Right. <laughs> um, you just, um, in answering uh, some questions, you were a little hung up on... on it it wasn't it wasn't anything very distinguishable uh-huh. they were just little markers that i would see where it was like oh yeah that could be a little bit you know hmm. it was it wasn't anything that you if i if i said them out loud you would have a you would have a 
an argument ready. For, you'd you'd argue against me. You'd be like, "That's not a sign that I was high." Right. That I was just I was just confused about what you were talking about, and that very well. Oh, okay, could be. I know exactly what you're t- talking about then. Yeah, and it very well could be. You know, it's it could be that you just weren't very high at all. But in any event, it seemed like uh, yeah. There was one time that you paused the movie and and you're like. So uh, I can't even remember what the question you asked. What do you? Was. Wh- wh- oh, I asked. I asked you how you feeling now. How you feel about that or something? Oh yeah. Like how do you? That. How do you feel? Or like yeah. How are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. How are you doing? And I was like, I mean, it's it's a movie. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Like I don't know what. Oh no! I think you said, "Did you notice anything or something oh, yeah. like that?" It was something noticing like, anything. Are you noticing anything? Yeah, I paused the movie. Yeah, and it so was like, on is the there, guy's face. I'm like, is there like a hidden hidden message in this, or like, is there some kind of like background thing that I'm not seeing? And I was like, I was like mm. you, you fucking stoner, you. <laughs> and you're just asking if I noticed any effect. Yeah, and I was like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, and then he fell asleep. <laughs> so, so be that what it is. Would you try it again? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he said it tasted like dirt, which is fair. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Bryce Bryce got high for horror movie talk. This is what he does for you people. Mm-hmm. Jesus, it was Christ. an experiment. So, sorry, mom, if you're listening. The ex, well, she's she could use some too, probably. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, she's a sweetheart, and and it would probably take a lot of off of her shoulders for a, a small amount of time. Uh-huh. Um, the exorcism of Emily Rose, it's a little bit longer than I think I would like. It comes in at around two hours, a little more like 204, something like that. I'm not, I'm not saying it's like it needs to be trimmed down. It was a fine movie. No, I think it's fine. Uh, there's a certain pacing that you want to have on it to have a seriousness about the court trial. Yeah. That kind of requires you to have a certain length. Yeah, the court, the, them turning this into a trial really changes the dynamic of the possession movie. It really cuts up the possession pieces into these small but very intense bits that are otherwise just kind of peppered in to a, a trial case. Yeah, there's a lot of contrast. Yeah, it's a it's a and and so the result is you're left with kind of the bones of what possession is about. Like the argument is is possession real? Or is it, or or is it mental illness? Yeah, and, and it does two versions of the flashbacks a lot of the time. What do you mean? Because it gives the the narrative of the believer of saying like this mm. is this is what's happening. That's she's, right. She's getting possessed, and it feels very supernatural and and creepy because it's from her perspective of what she's seen. Yeah, and then when the prosecution has a witness or something testifying about, oh, this is a mental illness or this is a physical manifestation of epilepsy kind of thing. And then it goes, it it flashes back to the same scenes that we've seen before. Yes. Except it's seen from the outside and she just looks more like, oh yeah, that looks like a person 
going through a seizure. That's a really good point. I forgot I forgot to mention anything about that. And that's, See, even when I'm sleeping, I, I pay more attention than David. <laughs> that's, that's incredible. No, I mean, it's not like I didn't catch that. It's just that I didn't hone in on it as, as right. a tool that they use because that's, and that is an important tool mm-hmm. because, because it really does set the contrast of, is this mental illness or is it, is this a real true, like actual possession, possession experience in reality? Yeah. Cause it's, it's not completely unbiased by the end of the movie, but there is a bit of ambiguity. Yeah throughout the at least the first half of the movie yeah and it's kind of interesting because so the prosecution the guy the real dick the guy who um ethan I i think is his name is the lawyer for the the people who's prosecuting uh the priest uh he claims to be a man of i shouldn't say claims that's uh that's like whatever it is, shaming him or something like mm-hmm. that. But faith he, shaming. he is a he is a man of faith, so he believes in God. But he's very, very, very committed to his work, and as such, he's you know he's like, could we really stack this up to being mm-hmm. the devil? Uh, blah, blah, blah. So it kind of pits him against his own religion, and then and and then um the the defense she she's agnostic she doesn't really feel anything about god or or anything like that and now she's being forced to to kind of um argue for the existence of not only god but satan and demons and possession and all this stuff so it it's a it's a lot there's a lot of dichotomies that are kind of pitted against each other in just in the court case in in and of itself um so that's pretty interesting the um the movie is, starts out it's set on a we like get a an opening shot of a dreary farmhouse kind of like set there's a lot of fog in this movie a lot of fog foggy fields mm-hmm, and like mm-hmm. really like um s- s- kind of stunning imagery within the fog like mm-hmm. these big dead trees and stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's set on a dreary farmhouse and a medical examiner shows up to the house and he's there because Emily has just died. This is this is the start of the movie, and he um, is there to determine the cause of death. And he says um, he he can't he can't say that the cause of death is natural, which is kind of like this weird foreboding statement. Because normally, when a coroner or somebody like that says, "Oh, the cause of death isn't natural," they're alluding to murder. Uh-huh. Which yes, he is doing that potentially in this, but also. It's a, like, kind of like a double entendre where it's where he's like, could be supernatural, supernatural, dun, 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 the most natural. So uh, Bryce dislikes Laura Linney. I learned this early in the movie when the credits were, were rolling and he's like a fucking bitch, Laura Linney. I was like, whoa, hey, I mean, she looks kind of like Helen Hunt, but I didn't know that was cause for hate and vitriol. Well, it's an inside joke with me and Aaron. My wife, we'd we'd watch um, my wife Downton Abbey, and Laura Lenny would always intro the episodes for BBC America. So she'd be like, "I'm Laura Lenny, blah 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 blah. Enjoy your blah blah blah." We're like, it's just this tack on for all the all the episodes that we we watch. Yeah, and so we increasingly just got more 
vitriolic towards Laura Linney <laughs> to now where just the mention of her name, we're just like, the fuck a bitch. <laughs> uh, I like to, my favorite thing is to call, is when people want to, you know, talk to me about boring things that I don't like, is to mock the boring things by feigning ignorance. Uh, and and the way I do it with Downton Abbey is I call it, oh, you, you like that Downtown Abbey? Mm-hmm. Just a, just a little change to the name. Every, every time people are like it's Downton, I'm like downtown. It's downtown. Why? What's Downton? So it's in the center of the city, right? Right. It's like downtown, though. Yeah, people hate that. It's great. So yeah, I say she's a Helen Hunt doppelganger and nothing more. But she does have a little bit of a. There is with Laura Lenny. There is a little bit of like a. Okay, bitch. Like, the way she acts is a little bit... Uh, I don't know. She puts a little bit of a curve on the, on, on the delivery Was it Laura Lenny? Is she... Was she the, the wife in the Truman Show? Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. It's yeah. so hard for me because her and Helen Hunt are almost indistinguishably Yeah, it's similar. pretty pretty hard. They're very... They've got, like, a real mom core to them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they're very like 1999 mom. Yeah, like even mom even color. in their like early 20s, you watch them and you're like, wow, she really feels like a mom. Yeah. Just like got that that big mom energy. Yeah. <laughs> I like I like that I think you've just coined a phrase. First of all, big mom energy and second of all, mom core. Yeah. Like she has a mom core about her. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, she does. I don't know. In in her acting, it's it's effective. It's just uh, no. She's definitely a good act actor. Like yeah. it's nothing against her, other than her being just a fucking cunt. But <laughs> uh, she. Uh, so it starts off. She takes the case. Um, and, but she, uh, she, she needs to go visit Father Moore in jail. Father Moore is now basically being held for, I think it's reckless homicide is the charge that's being leveled against him, which obviously that's, I, I don't know. It's like below murder three, I think. Um, but, uh, it doesn't look good for the Catholic church in this trial, you know, to essentially be. I mean, well, let's. There's a lot of things coming to a head around 2005 for the Catholic Church, so <laughs> they needed to fight this tooth and nail. Uh, Father Moore expresses to her that you know, hey, I've already got a public defender. I don't need you. I'm not accepting you as a lawyer unless you let me tell my story on the stand. Unless you, I'm sorry, unless you let me tell Emily Rose's story on the stand, and she uh, she concedes to to allow him to do that. And then obviously later in the movie, she kind of like reneges on it a little bit and then, then follows through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, then at this point, once, once she takes the case, she starts basically being followed by supernatural phenomena. So maybe you can tell me this. So in the end, what happens with that whole storyline with with the lawyer getting kind of affected by supernatural forces? Is that just kind of left out there? I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to go nuts because it's right on the tip. 
Um, I th- no, it's I think something happens where she like hangs across in her house, like some subtlety mm. where it's like. Mm. You know, she like. <laughs> I wish like, you could have seen David's facial expression. Mm. Like she puts a cross, on, a crucifix on the wall, and she like positions it just so with care. You know, okay. like that kind of face. Yeah. Um, I can't recall exactly. I gotta say, like as far as you know, the effectiveness of crucifixes, it's real hit or miss. <laughs> Oh, you mean you with, mean in terms of affecting demons, right? Uh huh. Yeah, <laughs> like when when they're really possessing you, they're like <laughs> crucifixes. Literally, fuck your crucifix, yeah, <laughs> or just, get fucked by. Let's just like, put that in there. I mean, it's doesn't seem like it's uh, you know, yeah, any skin off their back. No, to see crucifixes, um, unless it's placed directly upon them. Crucifix placed directly on, on the, the demon fore- on the forehead. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then sometimes you hang a you hang a cross up, and it's like oh, yeah, no, cru- no more demons. Crucifixes work. Oh well, I think they're okay. So like maybe it's maybe it's like a tiered system, you know? Maybe because it. I'm gonna. I'm going to agree with you. I, it doesn't seem like demons are terribly affected by crucifixes. Uh-uh. Maybe it's because they're like thrown thrown down angels. They're angels who were cast out of heaven. So like they once had, you know, they once were like embraced the cross. I don't know. But I tell you this, the one thing the crucifixes always work on, werewolves and Draculas, werewolves and vampires. They always hate that shit. Do they? Is it, does it work on were, werewolves? Seems like it would. No, I guess I guess that's I've just never seen silver. That. And then yes. maybe just maybe just vampires. Vampires. And vampires then, definitely hate crucifixes. Yeah. Hmm. What else? Does anything else? I mean, hate- really, if you think about the the crucifix, if you're a demon, isn't that just like helping your case? It's like, yeah, we killed your killed your savior in the the most extreme way. Look what like, we, we did. We, I mean, that one was one for our team. Yeah, wasn't it? Well, that, yeah, exactly. Why are you, yeah, why is the crucifix the thing, like, why isn't it like a statue of Jesus? Oh, because then it'd be a graven image. Yeah. How is the crucifix they, not a they, graven image? If they hung Jesus, would Christians just wear a noose around their neck all the, all the time? Mmm. Wow. That, just man, a little, the world would be a different a liter- place. A little silver, you know, charm of a noose. How, Okay. Look, I mean, you're a pr- you it's kind of you come from a pretty devout religious background. Why isn't the crucifix a, a graven image? I mean, I came came from a pretty devout well, background I mean, as well. For in the Mormon tradition it is. Like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh shit, the Mormons got it right. Yeah, the Mormons don't don't ever wear crosses or ever like use uh crucifix imagery in their in their stuff. It's just not um they really don't focus on, you know, the, the execution. <laughs> it's more of like the lead up and, you know, the symbolism behind what the sacrifice means kind of thing. Um, okay. But yeah, we, we specifically don't wear crosses. Okay. 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 I say okay. we okay. As, right. in, right. as if I'm so still Mormon, but I'm not. Now I will ask the audience, hey, if you are one who knows, um, you know, knows this kind of thing, how does the cross, you know, how does it, um, how does it dodge that whole graven images rule, right? You know, no, thou shalt not, 
um, graven images, etc. How does how does that work? I think it's, I mean, traditionally, there's just little signifiers of of faith, you know. Yeah. I think like I think like ancient Christians had, no- to, had to keep it on the DL. The Nazis had little signifiers of faith too. <laughs> <laughs> Nazis made Jews wear pieces of flair. <laughs> Too soon. So now um now the trial starts and uh Emily kind of starts waking up at 3 a.m. Uh, this movie set in motion my fear of 3 a.m. <laughs> and uh in a very strong way. And now I wake up all the time at 3 a.m. And every time I'm like, fucking demons. Every time. Every single night. Almost. Is it on the dot, 3 a.m.? It's pretty fucking close, if not exactly 3 a.m. It's it's like some sort of weird uh, suggestive thing that happened in my mind. And now I'm like doomed to repeat it over and over again. But uh, it's as it turns out in my life, 3 a.m. is not too scary. It's just annoying. Right. But uh, but. She starts waking up at 3 a.m., which later we learn from Father Moore is the demonic witching hour. It's it's the inverse of 3 p.m., which is the hour when uh, when Jesus rose from the grave. Um, so did demons just like. Is there like a big string of demons that's just heading out west what? So that they hit, they hit you right at three a.m. Oh, I see. That's a good like, question. What about Central Time? You know, yeah, like, yeah. Are we going by Eastern Greenwich? Time. Greenwich Mean Time, yeah. or yeah? How's this? Uh, how's this working? Or they're just, or they just everywhere, and they're like all like clocking in at three a.m. Yeah, this is the Gremlins problem. Good, good thinking, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Anyways. Yeah, because they just be rolling through the earth just 24 hours a day. It's always 3 a.m. somewhere, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's been it's 3.30. I think we've wrapped it up here. Let's move on to the next time zone. <laughs> uh, I love the, the, the visual I get from that, just demons <laughs> sweeping around the, the earth at 3 a.m. So she starts waking up and things start happening at her house. Creepy things, little doors opening and shit. This movie's really shows a lot of restraint in, you know, in like just just kind of letting making you hang, you know, with like, oh, the door was open. Oh, the the uh the medicine cabinet was open. Um so uh we we get Emily. Then we then we get some some more through the, throughout this court case. They're basically describing the turn of the the turn of events as they happen to Emily, and um, she has some some visual episodes where she freaks out hardcore. She starts seeing people's eyes melting out of their faces, and they have like demon faces in class. She once she's headed to her 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 college and uh yeah she i mean the most disturbing is she goes into the church and heads up to the front and then there's a couple parishioners that are praying and she looked at them they they ah. have their their demon eyes yeah so, like you can't you can't get away from it 
Yeah, so at that point, she is sent to the hospital where they determine that she has epilepsy and uh, and psychotic disorder. Um, she also has a boyfriend. Her boyfriend is called up onto the stand, and he describes a moment with Emily. Ooh, boy, this is, this is the moment in the movie that sticks with me the oh, most. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, you know, he's sleeping in her dorm room with her, and... Uh, he wakes up at 3 a.m. and he's kind of, you know, he's groggy as you as one is at 3 a.m. And uh, then he's he's like he notices she isn't there in bed with him. And he kind of like groggily looks and he sees her on the floor fully like contorted, t- total contortion. And she's staring at him with these big black eyes. And God, like just a chilling, like that moment sticks with me to this day. That's one of the, when that, when I first saw that, that was one of the best shocking, yeah, m- like vision moments that I, that I can recall these, uh, just really true that it still works on me yeah. too. Like, yeah. uh, it still gives me chills. Yeah. Those are great scenes. Um, and, uh, and then she, you know, screams at him, uh, but, uh. But so I'm going to kind of going to kind of move quickly through this trial here because there's a lot of little little things that kind of stack up. So at this point in the trial, you know, the defense or the um, the the people who are um, prosecuting uh, seem to be winning the trial. And uh, and so at this point. Dr. Cartwright shows up as uh, as the defense is kind of floundering to to prove their case. And Cartwright is the medical examiner who is present during, you know, her possession. At this point, they've moved Emily out of out back back home, back from school. And she's tearing up her childhood room uh, fully possessed. And so the family, you know, calls the Catholic Church. They get. Father Moore in there, and they get um, Dr. Cartwright in there. And Cartwright didn't originally want to be implicated in this. He did not want to be known as the guy who witnessed this whole thing, because how could he be taken seriously as a medical professional if he, you know, basically professed to seeing what he believed to be someone who was possessed? Right. And uh, but nevertheless, he shows up. He says, I'll help if I can. Uh, and then the day that he's supposed to show up to court to, you know, to, to help their case, he doesn't. And so they, they call a recess. They say they'll wait till the next day. She goes to meet him. Uh, the, uh, the, the defense lawyer goes to Laura Linney, goes to meet Dr. Cartwright and says, Hey, we know, where'd you go? Why don't you show up? And he's like, this is way, I'm in way too deep. There's demons visiting my house. You know, they're starting my car for me. I don't like it. And, uh, and as he's backing away from her, you know, mumbling about all the weird demonic shit that happens, uh, Volkswagen comes out of the blue and smashes into him, yeah. kill, kills him. So I don't know. Is that, oh, and I should mention this case happened. You know, this is a real yeah. life event. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many, I don't know how much, you know, what do you call it? How, how much is true to life? Yeah. yeah I mean, is- I, I looked at like a short YouTube video that described it and the the actual exorcism, I mean, it lasted, I mean, she had several exorcisms like going into the double digits over the course of six months. 
damn. So it was not a, but I mean, the, the one thing that, that makes it interesting and falls in line with the movie is that she was treated for epilepsy, you know, but it did not help right. any, any of the symptoms. Yeah. So she still had hallucinations. She still, you know, would feel possessed basically. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. The pretty, de- pretty rough. The defense kept saying similar stuff. Like, uh, they, they would say, Hey, well, you know, she has epilepsy and psychotic disorder. You gotta, you gotta get on meds for this. And, uh, and the, 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 def- the defense would be like, well, <laughs> Like that keeps the demons in, bro. Like the, those medications are well known demon keeper inners. So, uh, so we had to ditch them. And besides, when she was taking them, they weren't working. She was still, she was still, you know, behaving in this possessed manner. To which the prosecution was like, "Well, yeah, but th- don't, like this medication is a is builds upon itself. You know, this is right. It builds over time in effectiveness. You can't just. It's not." You know, this isn't Pepto-Bismol. You don't take it and then all your symptoms go away. Uh-huh. You take it day after day after day for months on end, and then eventually you build up enough of it in your system to to combat the symptoms of epilepsy and psychotic disorder or whatever it is. Right. So it's it's unclear. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's always kind of up in the up in the air about what what is true and yeah. how, how hard they tried on anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, as I was saying earlier, this is a great movie because of the line that it walks between religion and science and, uh, and there, I don't know. Do you have any, what, like, how do you feel about, about possession and that kind of stuff? Do you suppose this shit, like, what's your, what's your diagnosis of the, I mean, it's, it's like the X-Files poster. I want to believe yeah. You know, and like it's uh, oh, it's like two parts of my brain. Like I I still can get in the zone where I believe it. I'm like, yeah, it's just really nice to think about the world and in that through that lens. Yeah. And then in practicality, you know, as I'm older, I'm like, well, yeah, but it's not it's not real. Like there's no one there's no one like on YouTube that's like <laughs> that's shown being possessed that you couldn't just chalk up to like oh yeah they're it's like a it's like a group hysteria kind of thing right yeah that's what i keep coming back to as well it's it's fanaticism and mental illness which many obviously many times go hand in hand it seems like to me fanaticism and mental illness really taking off and snowballing yeah and and not only fanaticism and mental illness but like i should i should like delve a little deeper into the quote-unquote word the the word fanaticism which is like a devout yeah a person with a deep understanding of their religion and the implications of this that and the next thing right so like they understand who all the demons are. They understand who the demon was that, you know, who Belial was, who killed 24,000 people while Moses was up on the mount, you know, like. Th- yeah, I mean, or, yeah, a certain amount of religious zeal. 
is required in real life for someone to be possessed. Right. Like, you're not seeing documented cases of exorcisms of, of atheists or agnostics. It just doesn't seem to happen in real life, you know? Yeah. There's there's not, like, a real uh, good cross-section of society that's being affected by demon possession. Although, I mean, there are plenty of, you know, there are plenty of, you know, uh, examples of previously uncontacted tribes and stuff like that where people, you know, become possessed in religious ceremonies and that kind of thing. But I guess they are religious ceremonies. Yeah, and, mm. you know. Unlike you were saying, group psychosis. Primitive cultures are usually, I don't know, I, I don't know if this is passing judgment, but more superstitious? Mm. Mm, maybe. Well, you know, what you say, you ha you have a good point, but that cloud did kill tell me to kill somebody the other day and by god, I'm not going to I'm not going to disobey the cloud. I mean, I say this from a from a point of yeah, I've I've personally felt times where possessed. I was like there's there's a dark presence here, and I I have to take action against it. You know, using prayer, or, you know, priesthood or whatever. But it's I don't have any proof or anything. It's it's more of a feeling, more yeah. of a belief. Yeah, I can't say that I've necessarily felt times uh, like I, I watched this this Vice documentary on YouTube last night. So about, satisfying about a. Um, an actual Catholic exorcist priest. Mm. And it's this weird thing where he was talking with like a real surety of like, Oh yeah, the stuff that they show in the movies. Um, I, I have personal experiences where stuff like that happened. I mean, even like levitation and stuff like that. But when he's describing a specific exorcism, he's like, like, oh, yeah, you know, we came in and, you know, there's there was like a real bad smell of perspiration. I'm like, oh, yeah, just that's just B.O. It's yeah. not like a supernatural. Stinky bitches stink. be stinky. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. And then I, I realized in my in my time in religion, I've encountered people that talk about supernatural experiences with surety of just like, oh, yeah, this is. This really happened. It it sounds like a physical manifestation happened in front of them, yeah. and like they were able to basically receive confirmation about the existence of God in yeah. that in that moment. And, and then and then you're like, can you go a little bit deeper? And they're like, oh yeah, there was some strong bo in the room. And you're like, <laughs> hmm. and then when you really try to like dig deeper and see well what does that what does that actually mean you get more and more when they get descriptive or talk more about it it's very more than more often than not it devolves into like i had a feeling about it you know yeah um or you know and knowing how memory works you you if you have confirmation bias, oh hell yeah! Like your memory can twist and turn oh, into whatever you need it to be. You know, um, and and you know, neither Bryce or I have have 
are casting judgment upon you if 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 you're religious or have had uh, had experiences like that. I would personally love to hear all of your experiences, but like what you were just talking about, you said how memory works and um and you know kind of confirmation bias and that kind of thing. I've been listening to a podcast from CBC Podcasts called Uncover Satanic Panic. Holy shit. If you want to get into if you want to get into a really interesting real life group psychosis thing, check yeah. out Uncover Satanic Panic. It's it is astonishing what's what what the, the like the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s uh, and and what it amounted to was a bunch of people who were basically asking leading questions of little kids mm-hmm. repeatedly like where did he touch you he didn't yeah but i don't believe that so like maybe just show me on this anatomically correct doll <laughs> kids like kids like never seen an anatomically correct doll so here's one with a penis and the kids like What's that? <laughs> and it's like cartoonishly big. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, and highlighted. It is. Uh, it is a harrowing uh, listen. Yeah, I got to listen. I think I've I heard about that podcast a while ago. I think I've listened to Uncover on something else. I think they had several seasons on different topics. I found out it, about it because my brother. I I recommended um, Finding Warhead to my brother. That's a like a six or seven part uh, mini podcast about a. Uh, a child porn ring on the dark web, and it is similarly harrowing and terrible. But uh, but they ran a my my brother made me aware that they ran an ad for this, which is just more of the same. Like yeah, whoo, this is rough. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, you guys let us know what you guys make of possession and and I don't know. Real yeah. life demons. If someone out there has had real contact with a demon and got like a demon hoof oh. or like a claw, just let us know. I personally, my favorite contact with the supernatural is the is the erotic kind, um, right? Like, like succubus or like Ghostbusters, like yeah. like when Bill Murray got got sucked off by that one bitch. Uh-huh. Um, that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I remember as a little kid watching that and being like, why is she pulling down his zipper? Why? What's happening in his pants? I kind of want to see why that. Why do I get this tingly ses- sensation? So, um, about, you know, three quarters of the way through the movie, we get to the, like, the big barn, pos- or the big barn uh, mm-hmm. exorcism, where... Well, it starts in the room, yes. and then she jumps out the fucking window. She fucking leaps out the window. We're in a flashback, obviously. <laughs> she yeets herself out the window. She yeets on out of there, and then she yeets over to the barn, and then she fucking skivs all over that barn, just mm-hmm. everywhere. And uh, so everybody races out to like kind, kind of like con- contain and constrain her in the barn. And at that part, at that point, we learn. That there's not just one, not two. <laughs> there's not even five demons in Emily. There's six demons in Emily. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to play a little, well, it's not t- terribly little. It's actually a pretty lengthy clip of, th- this is maybe the most badass uh, scene in the movie. And I will uh, I will uh, translate the harder to understand parts following this uh, this audio clip. So here we go. 
Jesus Christ. I now command you. Give me your name, demon. Names! Names! Ancient serpents, depart from this servant of God. Tell me your six names. We are the ones who dwell within. clip gives me fucking yeah, chills. Great scene. The, the best part of it is when just the little glint in her eyes when it when it goes dark on her face. Yeah. It's such a nice little touch of just like Ugh. Yeah, it's so gross. She's um she says she keeps saying one, two, three. He says, give me your name. He's like, there, she's like, there's not na- there's not a name. There's six of us. One, two, three, four, five, six. And uh, and he says, give me your names. And she says, names, names. I am the one who dwelt within Cain. I am the one who dwelt within Nero. I once dwelt within Judas and I was with Legion. I am Belial and I am Lucifer, the devil in the flesh. Man, I love, I love that moment. That is so, it's like, Jesus Christ, you got the whole goddamn, everybody's up in there. Mm-hmm. Like, what did, what did Emily do to deserve this? Six, not just, she got, she got the guy within Cain. <laughs> she got the guy in Nero, in Judas, in Legion. She got Belial, who's like the first lieutenant of hell. And then Lucifer, the actual devil. So I I recognize all these except Nero. What did Nero do? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he was you know he was, was he a Roman emperor. Is that no Nero? Wasn't he like the the Egyptian guy? I don't know. Ugh. We're really uh running up against. Look, I'm not a religious here. scholar or anything. I'm just I'm just some guy who tries to review movies. Um, are you going to look it up? Yeah. Okay. Um, so at that, at that point we know, uh, Emily's basically fucked. Yeah. No, Nero is a Roman emperor. Oh, okay. And what, and what was his deal? Like what was his possession? Um, I can play another clip while you, uh, while you read about it. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. So at this point, um, we start getting into the closing arguments and, you know, the prosecution is like, ladies and gentlemen, the jury, jury, um, it's pretty clear at this point that, you know, she should have been receiving medical help and she didn't get it. And the result was she died a horrible wasting death. <laughs> so, you know, at least this guy's guilty of negligent homicide. You know, what do you say? And, uh, and then, Helen Hunt's uh, doppelgangers uh, argue, closing argument is as follows. I love this closing argument. It really drives the point home. I, on the other hand, am a woman of doubt. Angels and demons. 
God and the devil. These things either exist or they do not exist. Good point. Are we all alone in this life? Or are we not alone? Either thought is astonishing. Do I really believe that this tragedy is the work of the devil? To be honest, I don't know. But I cannot deny that it's possible. The prosecution wants you to believe that Emily's psychotic epileptic disorder was a fact. Because facts leave no room for reasonable doubt. But this trial isn't about facts. This trial is about possibilities. Is it a fact that Emily was a hypersensitive, as Dr. Adani suggests? A person who's more likely by her very nature to become possessed. I can't say that, but the question is, is it possible? Is it a fact that Gambutrol anesthetized Emily's brain so that the exorcism ritual was rendered ineffective? Oh, shit. I can't be sure of that. But is it possible? Is it a fact that Emily was beloved by God? And that after her exorcism, she chose to suffer till the end so that we might believe in a more magical world, a world where the spiritual realm really exists. I can't say that's a fact. But ask yourself, is it possible? It's what Emily believed. It's what Father Moore believed. And that sincere belief is what determined her choices and his. Now, for the most important question, is Father Richard Moore guilty beyond a reasonable doubt of negligent homicide? Did he, in fact, neglect Emily's needs in such a way that her death is now on his hands? No, that is not a fact. It is not a fact that Emily was epileptic. It is not a fact that she was psychotic. Facts leave no room for possibilities. The only fact, the only thing I know beyond a doubt in this case is that Father Moore loved Emily with his whole heart. He did everything in his power to help her. He has risked his very freedom so we could hear her story. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, in my job, I sometimes have to defend bad men. Father Richard Moore is not one of them. Don't send a good man to prison. I'm not asking that you believe everything that Father Moore believes. I'm simply asking that you believe in Father Moore. I really like the ambiguity. I because like just like you, I want to believe. I uh-huh. want to believe the magic. You know, right? I. It would be so awesome and terrifying if such. A thing. Yeah, because if demons are real, then that means God's real. Right. That means there's heaven. Right. And that means, you know. Yeah, I like that. I I get to sit up in a cloud and play a harp for billions of years, I guess. 
It, time is time is a construct of reality. Time like, is a flat circle. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the end of the movie, he is doctor, uh, doctor, professor, father Moore is found guilty. He is found guilty of, uh, negligent homicide, Mm -hmm. but the jury, you know, makes a request, uh, or a a consideration for the judge and say, you know, we have a suggestion for, for the sentence and it's time served Mm -hmm. and she accepts it. I guess in the the actual case that this movie was based off of, the the priests were found guilty as well mm-hmm. and were sentenced to six months in prison, but then it was waived or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. Um, so so you know uh, the church is happy with that. That's a, essentially that's a win. Uh-huh. That's kind of a, a a win by contrition. Um, so. Uh, and that's and that's kind of how it leaves off. Just kind of like go look up look up things about Emily Rose on your own. It's a pretty interesting case. Um, what did you find out about Nero? Uh, so he's a Roman emperor. The things that would make him be demon possessed. So he is the emperor most associated with torturing Christians. Oh, hot so, stuff. He is blamed for starting this great fire in Rome and like is um, and people suspect that he started it himself because he wanted to clear a path for his big palatial palace. Mm. And but he blamed the fire on the Christians and would torture and kill them. Mm. And I guess he was the Roman emperor when um, Paul and. Peter were executed, I think. Let me see. Uh, I'm thinking. I keep going. Pilate, but he was the he was the guy that put Jesus to death, right? Pilate. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah. So I mean, he was. I mean, he was a real jerk. He was a real jerk. <laughs> So there it is. Um, final recommendations. Who do you think? Who do you think would like this movie? Yeah, I mean, if you like exorcism movies, this is definitely one to see. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Like, there's, there's a lot of. Whenever I go see an exorcism movie, I'm always chasing that dragon of The Exorcist. Yeah, the original. It's rough, and uh, it always falls short. Yeah. Like, no, The Exorcist is still kind of the best. Yeah, you know, for sure. And uh, this this gets closer than most. It sure does. Yeah, I, I'd say the same thing. Just, you know, The Exorcism of Emily Rose is is a staple good movie, uh, a good horror movie, I should say, that, you know, I mean, it hits, it's, it does, it does everything that I want it to do in, in a different context, which is new and interesting and, yeah. and you know, and it's fun. So, also, if you want a, another demon movie that might have flown under your radar, we reviewed The Wind a while back. That was really good, too. Yeah, The Wind from 2018, I think it was. Mm-hmm. 2019 or 18. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that one, that was a, a really interesting. Also. Also kind of ambiguous. Also ambiguous. And uh, let's see here. The the Devil, what was the first one we did? The very oh, f- The Devil with, or no, um, mm-hmm. Not the evil within. No, it, it was, was uh, 
Devil's Doorway. Devil's Doorway. Yeah. yeah. That was like the first episode you, you can of go ahead, mo- You can go ahead and skip that one. Horror movie talk. No, don't skip it. That's important. That's an important... <laughs> That's a, it's, it's historic. Important historical horror movie talk episode. You can listen to that one and see how far we've come. Yeah. So, Which is not really that far. <laughs> hey, it's pretty far. So with that, let's play the Rotten Tomatoes game. Attack of the Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, yeah, I forgot to do the thing. That's okay. The Rotten Tomatoes game is a is a very fun game that we have so much fun with that we haven't done it in months and months. But it's a game where I pit two movies against each other, and Bryce has to determine which one has the higher Rotten Tomatoes tato-meter score. That's the critic critical score not the audience score the tato meter score so uh this as i said earlier in the episode this game is based around possession movies so without further ado the first pair are you ready bryce I'm ready. are you ready you I'm sound ready. like you're about to fucking fall asleep on the end of the emily rose episode like you fell asleep in the movie mm-hmm. okay so here we go before we go actually that there's been some some extra burp talk like i feel, yeah you know bryce i think i'm gonna take a stand and say fuck burping, <laughs> and, fuck burping? and fuck you for, you're, you're for, not gonna belch anymore no hmm. i'm i'm a i'm a no belcher i'm telling you every time we talk about people criticizing belches like people there's come out of the woodwork and they're twice like twice as many people come out and say like like I, I want the fucking belches. Yeah, they're like, they're like, it gets me off. It gets me off. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So it's 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 a it's a tough one, but uh, I you know I gotta say I've been belching for a while. I'm gonna try abstaining. So the first matchup in the Rotten Tomatoes game is Exorcist Two: The Heretic from <laughs> 1977, or uh, or I should say against. The Right with Anthony Hopkins from 2011. Which do you think has the higher Rotten Tomatoes Tato Meter score? I've never seen either one, but I do know a little bit about Exorcist 2 just from seeing the Red Letter Media Mm. review Mm -hmm. of it. And it looks like it's a hot dumpster fire. (laughs) It's like goes into the sci-fi elements somehow. Oh, cool. What, Um, like spaceships? I don't know. It was kind of like... I can't remember. Okay, uh, but we'll have to watch it. We'll have to. We'll have to do all the exorcists. Um, yeah, we do have to do that. I'm gonna say the right. It's got Anthony Hopkins in it. It's probably not a great movie, but I bet it gets a little more respect than Exorcist Two. I have seen the right. It is bad. Oh, bad, bad, bad. But it is still better than The Exorcist to The Heretic. <laughs> it's uh, 21% fresh versus 15% fresh for The Exorcist 2. Okay, so you're one for one. Good job. All right. Okay, so our next pairing is... You're going to notice a little bit of a... There's a thing going on with The Exorcist franchise here because, frankly... There, are, frankly, there are not a lot of possession movies, which uh-huh. is weird to me. I mean, there right. are not a lot of notable ones. There are right. a fucking ton of possession movies. Yeah. Okay. So the next pairing is The Exorcist Three versus 
The Last Exorcism. Exorcist 3 came out in 1990. The Last Exorcism came out in 2010. <laughs> That's the found footage one, right? I think so, yes. Yeah. That's the one I keep like uh, uh, replacing in my mind as the exorcism of El Emily Rose. Oh, yeah. And it looks pretty good. Um, um, I don't know. I mean, these ones are pretty close. I would assume they're pretty close. Mm. But I think Exorcist 3 probably ekes out a little more respect. It was actually a really good horror movie. Yeah, it does. It does seem to have a cult following of a lot of people who are willing to stand up for it. Mm -hmm. um, but unfortunately, you are incorrect oh. by a wider margin than you might think. Um, 13 points. So it's uh, The Exorcist 3 is 59% fresh versus uh, the I last. I thought fresh was like above 60 I'm just going 59%. Okay. Um, the the last exorcism is 72%. Huh. Yeah. 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 So you're just... One I mean, the exorcist three is... Well, it was very interesting, like the, the route that they took. Did you see it? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, that's right. You have you ever that. have you ever watched it? I've never watched two or three, no. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. It's basically the... The... Spirit. So there's a serial killer that uh, George C. Scott convicted and was uh, executed, I guess. But then his spirit, or there, but then a bunch of these murders happened that had all of the the um, you know the fingerprint of this. Um, serial killer like mm. it had all of his touches on it yeah like all the things that he would do yeah and it um ended up being that the serial killer was actually a demon that possessed different people and would commit these crimes oh you remember that movie with denzel washington yeah fallen the, oh fallen so good that was the fucking baddest ass movie ever yeah yeah that sounds similar to fallen yeah so it's, uh, I mean, it's like a really good premise. It doesn't focus as much on the exorcism. And the exorcism that happens in it feels pretty tacked on. Like, the studio execs are like, I mean, we gotta have a fucking exorcism in Exorcist 3, right? I mean, just put it in. And so it's like, boom, priest, exorcism. All right. Check. Done. Yeah. Okay. So you're one for two now. All right, so our next pairing is the the movie we're reviewing, The Exorcism of Emily Rose versus The Devil Inside. The Exorcism of Emily Rose came out in 2005. The Devil Inside came out in 2012. You know, we had a little brush with the director from The Devil Inside recently with Brahms the Boy 2. Okay, so it's definitely The Exorcism of Emily Rose. Same director. I shouldn't have said that out loud before you chose uh -huh. uh, but yes you're definitely right the exorcism of emily rose all uh, got a, only a 44 percent 44 percent yes uh which blows me away yeah that's not fair uh and then the devil inside <laughs> predictably this i can't remember his name now but fuck is he a bad director uh he got a devil inside got a six percent <laughs> Six percent. 
Okay, our next pairing is... Wow. So now you're two for three. Now, the, our next pairing is The Conjuring versus The Exorcist. I mean... Well, first of all, is The Conjuring in a possession movie? Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, the house is possessed, kind of. And I think... Yeah, there's no, like, exorcism within it, but it is... It's just scraping the bottom of the barrel. Yeah, I mean, I, I got to say, it has to be The Exorcist. You are wrong. Oh, that is retarded. <laughs> Whoa, you're R-worded. Uh, the, the Conjuring has an 85%, and The Exorcist gets an 84%. Does that make any sense at all to you? No. I mean, the conjuring. The conjuring does seem to be about an eighty-five to me. Like I'd, I'd sign off on that on that score. Yeah, I mean, the Exorcist should be way higher. But than the that. Exorcist should, that should be, be like nineties, yeah, at least. high nineties. That still that movie still Iconic has movie still has a huge impact. Yeah, it's it's like it's the one that's mentioned. It like it's not even Rosemary's Baby. It's The Exorcist, right? So, well, you know, good horror movies like Alien and The Exorcist. Uh-huh. It's like, that's it. Yeah. Um, okay. And then our fight. So now you're two for two. So this is the, the true tiebreaker or you're two for four. Uh, so our last pairing is The Possession from 2012. And uh, that's paired against Stigmata from 1999. Did you see either one Sorry, of these? Sorry, wait, what was the first one? The Possession from 2012 versus Stigmata from 99. Uh, Did you see either one? Uh, I feel like I might have seen Stigmata, mm-hmm. but like kind of slept through it. Um, that had, um, did that have Kevin Bacon in it? Um, I don't, I don't know. I, I had... Um, Oh, it was, uh, what's her name? Yes. Brittany Murphy? No. Well, I don't know if it had Brittany Murphy. It had, um, god damn, this is going to drive me absolutely bonkers. Um, hang on, I'll, I'll, I'll look it up while you debate. Okay, Possession and Stigmata. I mean, I don't feel either one of these gets any respect. I'll say Stigmata because I know about it. Uh, you are incorrect oh. you lose the rotten tomatoes game the possession from 2012 has a 40 percent and stigmata has a measly 21 percent and uh stigmata starred patricia arquette oh that's who i was thinking of it also had patrick muldoon <laughs> there was there was two stigmata movies that came out at the exact same time oh there was stigmata and then there was an Oh There's yeah, I can't remember what it yeah, was. Yeah, that's right. Do you remember when the uh, when the, you know the Catholic scandal, you know, touchy, touching you know tens of millions of children for a long time? When that happened, when it came out, yeah, for like thousands of years and up to now. Right. Yeah. When did when did we find out about that? Uh, <laughs> um, I, feel like I mean, it was pr- it was. Before like, I went on my mission, because I know that there was a lot of heat yeah, on like anyone that was considered a minister. Like 2003 or four or something like that? Before that. Oh, it really? Was, it was like 2000s or before. Because mm. when I was on my mission, I was on my mission from 2002 to 2004, and I know that like there was a lot of heat on, like, do not let kids sit on your lap. Yeah. Like, 
stay away from them. Like, just don't don't be in any position where there's any could be any accusations at all. I want to meet the 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 religious or the um the Catholic guy who's like, are we talking about this again? Really? Who's <laughs> just like done with it? He's like, that's in the past. <laughs> I think one of my favorite treatments of the the whole thing was Louis C.K.'s um short on it. Okay, which is, I mean, it doesn't. It's got Louis C.K., so that's also problematic, mm. you know. Mm. Yeah, he's a pot calling the kettle black, mm. supposedly. Yeah. I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but he's got this this sketch where he's interviewing the Catholic Church, like, so what is the Catholic Church all about? You know, like, what? Because he's trying to learn more about religion. He's like, and the priest is like, Oh yeah, this is all just so we can fuck young boys. <laughs> and he's like, like everything? He's like, yeah. Yeah, it's just so we could, you know, fuck young boys and, and you know, get their energy. Get their energy. <laughs> oh. it's, it's And it's done so straight. It's like, Jesus. That NRE. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I'm going to, now we're going to do... A little bit. So, bad job at Rotten Tomatoes. Right. Let us know if you beat Bryce. Uh, all, to be fair, all those movies sound the exact same to me. Yeah. Uh, so, maybe not so bad. So, but now we're going to do It Came From Social Media. Yes, it came from social media. To fill the world with terror. To bring you unforgettable suspense. <laughs> what was it? Where did it come from? Who were the all-powerful creatures that brought from social media? And what did they want on Earth? So it came from social media, as you may or may not guess, is a little bit where we talk about, you know, people who talk, who reached out to us on social media over the last week. Or reviews or whatever. Reviews, Patreon members who talk to us, people who talk to us on Facebook or Twitter or anything like that. Um... First, first guy I got to bring up, obviously, is Mr. Magnus, our our resident Swedish, mm -hmm. you know, beautiful man, hunk of man meat. And patron. And patron. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Um, I never forget anything about Magnus. He's a glorious. Yeah. He's a studly man. Yeah. Uh, he says, so you made a nice post. Let me bring it up here on Facebook where you said, thanks to our fans that listen to and share the podcast. We keep breaking monthly and weekly download records because of you. And that is true. Thank you guys so much for listening and sharing the show, listening to and sharing the show and rating it and reviewing it and all that kind of stuff because we're doing pretty good. If you'd have told us a year ago that we'd be here now um, looking at these numbers, I would not have believed you and I would have been so excited. Yeah, and it's very impressive for us, probably no one else, because we're nowhere near we're pretty, any kind of top tier no. <laughs> podcast. Like, uh, there's plenty of horror movie review podcasts that are no, probably, but a year and a half in, we're not doing bad at all. No, we're doing pretty good. Not doing bad at all, and it's uh, a pretty consistent slope to you know improving slope. And to that, to that, thanks, Magnus said. It was an accident. <laughs> there was a couple. There was a couple uh, good 
gifts and stuff on that post. Yeah, I, I, I got them right here. Inez R said on to that same um, to that same post on Facebook. She said, "New listener this past month and have been listening to your older stuff. You guys are great. Love your games. You guys do. I think that was on that same post, or maybe that was a message to us. No, yeah, that was on that post." To which I responded, we love you, Inez. Thank you for reaching out and don't be a stranger. And that I, I stick by that. Josh King sent the best GIF I've ever seen to us, which was a <laughs> GIF of Adam Driver uh, in the movie The Dead Don't Die saying ghouls. <laughs> ghouls. 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 <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, it, it was just the text, but you could hear it. I could hear that gif in my <laughs> head so perfectly that I, that was, thank you very much, uh, Josh K. You, uh, he's also an, a new patron. So, uh, and of course, our staple Facebook dude, Stephen Michael, it says, hashtag hoodie Picasso. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. I, I love Stephen because I can count on him to, to be on every post. Yeah, and he's he's a super fan. Yeah, he's a staple. I I I, I want to get those um those stickers on Facebook. You know the little badges so that people uh-huh. can wear badges that say that they're this or that. I think we need to have more followers in order to qualify for those. Sorts I don't of know things. anything about Facebook. Gail H says keep them coming, and she gives us a bunch of uh, heart eyes emojis and um, heart eyes back at you, girl. Yeah, and uh, yeah, what do we got from iTunes recently? Yeah, so we got two new reviews. Sorry. Um, son of a bitch. Um, so one is from Gabriel. Did we say... You said it It said how to pronounce it. I know that it's, it's a woman. Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Maybe. I don't know. She said that she was named after Peter Gabriel. Oh. So, Gabriel. Yeah. Um, anyways, she... Uh, is a new patron as well, but she also left a review on Apple Podcasts. She said, it's titled, Great Show. So much fun to listen to. Very thorough reviews, and these guys are so funny. And then um, another review, Eve Driver on Apple Podcasts, um, titled, Love Horror Movie Talk. And they say... I can't believe it's taken me this long to rate and review on iTunes considering how much I love horror movie talk. Keep up the awesomeness, guys. We love you, baby. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just going to say they are are there from now on because I I just have a real bad track record of of misgendering. Well, you know, I mean, um, you know, gender is you get to choose it now. So it can be that adds an extra element of difficulty. Although I don't think any of the people that you misgendered uh, identify outside their sex. So poor job either way. Um, <laughs> Josh K., the, our new Patreon member who we love so much, says, hey, guys, love the show. Super funny and informative. It really feels like I get to hang out with you guys during my day. I drive a truck for a living and having entertainment like this makes a world of difference. I also struggle a lot with anxiety and depression, so laughing with you guys really helps my mind off all the crappy stuff. Thanks for doing this podcast, and be careful that you don't get involved in any tragic boating accidents. To which Bryce replied, would you like to read your reply there? 
thanks, Josh. I'm so glad you like the show. I've got my own share of depression and, and anxiety myself. I totally get how podcasts help with escaping your own mind for a while. Keep in touch. Yeah, we're both kind of head cases over here. So if you guys ever want to talk about that kind of stuff, well, first of all, consider <laughs> consider I'm, becoming a Patreon because you get to <laughs> sit in on our therapy session every week. Uh, and then called, second called of all, the after and then second of all, just reach out to us and talk to us because it's very cathartic. It's very cathartic to talk about your hangups, yeah. and very, I think it's pretty starting to become our brand. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty recurring thing like you are definitely not alone in suffering from you know mental illness because a lot of our listeners mention like anxiety or, or depression problems it's i think it's much i think i think everybody has anxiety and i mean everyone and depression you gotta have to an extent you gotta have problems if you're listening to horror movie talk you're really scraping at the bottom of the barrel you're really fucked in the head guy <laughs> speaking of which max a says hi guys recently started listening to the podcast and i wanted to thank you guys for helping me out i just got out of a relationship with a girl who i would watch a lot of horror movies with and since man that's rough. And since our breakup, I haven't felt any joy from horror movies because they would just remind me of her. However, when I started listening to you guys talk about some of my favorite movies, it really helped me to be able to enjoy something that I've loved for a long time. Thanks for picking me up when I was down. I really appreciate it. Um, side note about the burping in podcasts. I don't care what anyone else says. I think we need more burping. Max, you're a good man. Yeah. Things will get better. I promise you, you're going to find that, uh, that big titty goth bitch that, uh, <laughs> that you deserve and she's going to watch horror movies with you and, um, and it's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're glad to be Max's rebound podcast. Yeah. Hardcore. Like. I spread my cheeks to you, sir. Je Jessica C., <laughs> who's a who's a longtime Patreon uh, member, was that an offer? Like, let's let's hold on, let's not no, move on from this. No, it's a was salute. This, were you presenting? No, no, it's a salute. Yeah, it's the the brown the brown star salute. No thanks. You've heard of a twenty one gun salute? This is just a one gun salute. Blurg. Uh, Jessica C, longtime Patreon member, she uh, she pointed out that if Bryce and I are a little gay, so in our last episode was the Invisible Man, uh -huh. and uh, man, talked we, a lot about Aldous Hodge, yeah, which well, I kept saying the wrong name. We have a little bit of a crush on him because he's just a, a hot hunk of man meat. And she said that if Bryce and I are a little bit gay, a few percentage points gay, that just makes us bisexual. I was like, damn, nigga, what you doing out here with all this ass? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. I guess that makes us bisexual. Yeah, I think like um, there's there's a the Kinsey scale, which mm. basically says how how uh, how gay or straight are you, mm -hmm. and it's like a six point scale, and it feels a little off that like point two through five is bisexual. Like, well, not, why does that feel not, off? That's kind of the definition of bisexual. Isn't I it? mean, oh, and then I found like an article on what, how do you define bisexual? And I shared it with Jessica, and it's like there's 20 different kinds of bisexual. It's like, all right. Locker room ass slapping all the way to <laughs> full on anal. Right. It mostly revolves around that ass. Yeah. I mean, 
I was like, damn, nigga, what you doing out here with all this ass? Double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon, hella ass. The sun is still out, my nigga, and it, uh, it was just, it, it, I, I, don't, I don't know what I mean. That's the homie. Double. That's, that's the homie. Double cheeked up. Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's one of it's it's yeah it's it's one of these. I things mean, I, where, I'm I'm fine with that. Like, yeah, I mean, I I uh, I think there's a little gay in all of us. Oh, for sure, especially a lot in um in you, and you know, it's, Sabrina, don't just stare at it, eat it. Yeah, you just gotta eat it. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Horror Movie Talk. We sure do appreciate it when you like, share, subscribe, and all that baloney. Um, especially if you rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcast, that helps us out a tremendous amount. If you guys would like to support the show, do consider becoming a Patreon member. Also. Consider surfing to our website at HorrorMovieTalk.com, clicking either one of the links at the top, Patreon or Amazon. And when you buy things on Amazon after you use that link, you are going to be, you know, any purchase you make is going to be helping out the show. So we sure do appreciate that. And, uh, you know, make sure to check out Dustin Goebel at dgoebel00 on Instagram. That's at D-O-D-G-O. O E B E L L two L's at D Try out both <laughs> at D Goble zero zero on Instagram and make all your artistic dreams come true. And finally, if you would like to have a 30 day free subscription to shutter, that's shutter.com S H U D D E R.com. Then just enter HMT at checkout and that'll get you a 30 day free subscription instead of that stupid fucking seven day free subscription that we hate so much. And with that, We'll see you next week, guys. We love you. Bye-bye. Bye. Um... Snowball. Snowball says, Merry Christmas, Patrick. What is it? It's a little baby Pinky Winky, isn't it? It's a Vietnamese potbelly pig.